Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. You're a one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation in Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And my name is Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. How's it going, Charlotte? What's happening over there in Coronado today? Anything exciting? Actually, I don't know if there's anything exciting going on today, but yesterday was really exciting, at least here at Christ Church, um, because it was our first in-person chapel in 411 days, I counted them, (laughs) for Christ Church Day School. Wow. So specific. Yeah. Love it. Well, and it's interesting, David, because let's think about this. Okay, so last year when we went virtual, chapel meant everybody on Zoom from their homes. Yeah. Um, and then this year when we went back to school, because we couldn't mix cohorts, it meant that the classes stayed in their classroom on, on Zoom. So they oh. were all together. Okay. But I was in a room by myself um, right. on Zoom with them. Um, and I just, I mean, it was amazing to have trouble <laughs> yesterday. So that was a really big, exciting day mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. in my ministry context, right? So cool. That's yeah. so cool. What about you over at Good Sam? Anything going on? What is happening? Yeah, I mean, we're we're back in person on Sunday mornings, full swing. We have an in-person forum that is like a hybrid in-person online thing, so people can zoom in or be there together. Uh, it's it's way better. I mean, like, it's so hard to... I don't, know, I don't have to spend more time talking about how hard Zoom church is, but it's like <laughs> the... I am an introvert and there's a different like there's a different exhaustion that comes with being on Zoom all Sunday morning than comes with being with people on Sunday morning. When I'm they're both tiring to me as a person who like gets a lot of energy from alone time and uses up that energy in relationship. But it's helped me appreciate in person relating so much more. And and like Sunday morning community time so much more or really any any community time so much more. And that like I, I can feel that when I come home and I'm so tired, I know that my energy went into building relationship, mm-hmm. which is different than when my energy just gets poured into the vast hole that is the Internet. Yes. And uh, it's. Yeah, it's just I never I would I never would have guessed that before, but that has been my experience now that we've been going back. And so it's like much more hopeful, you know, and we're kind of tooling, getting, getting ready for the summertime and, you know, trying to retool f- for the fall and see what things will be possible then. So things are good, you know, things are good. Yeah. And I'm grateful that, you know, I always feel like I have to say this. It's funny because I do, I feel like I have to say that I am grateful that we had zoom church to keep us all together when we could not be together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to discount that fact, but <laughs> it's so much better yeah. to be with your physical people. And I just have this overfelt, overwhelming, immense gratitude for every opportunity that there is to connect in person mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that leads me to my next question, Charlotte, which is something we always talk about at the beginning of the show. Where did you see God in this past week? Would you tell everybody? 
I sure would. And I'm actually going to name in advance or warn in advance that this God sighting was of a challenging nature mm-hmm. um, and not what necessarily a warm and fuzzy one. Um, but as I mentioned, Christchurch Day School has gone back to full days, full classes, which means that we have added back in things that weren't here before, chapel being one of them, um, but lunch and snack being one of them, and everybody's outside for those things and sitting well away from each other for those things. But one of the other things that has come back is recess. And the kids get 20 minutes with their class on the playground to just play um, each day now, which is amazing. Because before, when you were half days, you had so much curriculum you had to get through that some of those other things had to go away in order to do it all before you went home. So on Thursday, senior kindergarten went to recess. And one of the children said to our head of school, who was over at the playground at that point, what is this? And she said, what do you mean? And they go, what is recess? What am I supposed to do? And while it's joyful that they get to have recess, it like cracked my heart wide open mm-hmm. because we've been talking about this on and off for a while. And certainly you have lived it firsthand, having you and Mary Lynn having had a baby in the middle of a pandemic. But our families and our children are really suffering from the disconnect of not being able to see each other, to play with each other, to do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And to now name the fact that, you know, five-year-olds are heading to recess, having no idea what recess is or or what they're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it was a really profound God sighting because it comes with a charge. Mm -hmm. It comes with our charge to be looking out for, we spent a lot of time looking out for the danger to all of us, which is still paramount. Please wear your mask. Please get your vaccine. Um, that is all still there. But also that we are charged with providing connection in new ways and not being afraid to connect people in ways that are safe mm-hmm. because our children mm-hmm. and our families desperately need that. They desperately need to be able to see each other, to play together, to relate to each other. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually a great lead into the gospel for this Sunday, uh, thinking about connection. And um, like every week, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your stories of seeing God or feeling God's movement, or maybe when it was hard to feel God's movement in your life. Uh, you can always email us, uh, faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org, or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go. You can send us any questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. And now, uh, we are going to talk about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, which is May 9th, Easter, what is that, the sixth Sunday of Easter? My goodness. Wild. Yeah. Sixth Sunday of Easter, uh, two more Sundays after this upcoming Sunday until Pentecost. And uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel, which is from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. And then we're each going to highlight a point from that gospel reading and share a joint point together. John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. All right. Uh, this gospel reading is directly following last week's gospel reading. So if you remember last week, uh, the week of May 2nd, the reading was John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and this is 9 through 17. So it's the very next thing that Jesus says. And again, we're uh, in Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's talking just to his you know, small group of disciples, uh, to that kind of inner circle of, um, of followers. And now, as he's saying, friends. And this is part of uh, what we call the fare his farewell discourse, which is the chapters between like 14 and 17 where he's doing all this kind of teaching, really getting them ready for him to be gone and giving them all these directives about how to be in community with one another, how to continue in ministry with one another after he is gone. He can't physically lead them anymore. So um, my point is the first point. And the thing that jumped out to me was this phrase, uh, that your joy may be complete. I really loved the idea of joy being made complete, and I loved it because it is a kind of, is like a conditional statement that there is something that has to happen before our joy is complete. That joy, in and of itself, is not necessarily complete. And uh, this, it I there's a couple reasons that I love that, and it and the thing that it makes me think of is actually the the discussion from last week's podcast, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't heard it, uh, about the vine and the branches, and the thing that that I my point from last week was not just that we uh, that Jesus is telling us that you know he is like the source of life that we are connected to him, but that through him we are connected to all the other branches, so that that our connection that our connection to one another is, you know, through Jesus. And he's kind of like pointing beyond himself, you know, to our greater connection. And I feel the same kind of thing happening here that he, what is it that, that he asked them to do so that their joy may be complete? Well, he says, love one another, abide in me, follow my commandments as I have followed the father's commandments. And so I love that the, the idea that, what I hear Jesus saying here is that you you cannot have the completeness of joy that I want for you alone. You can't have that joy cut off from relationship with other people. And really, the joy that I'm talking about, the completeness of joy, is more of a of a partaking in this one big exp expression of joy, which is God, and not just your own little joyful feeling because that is probably something much more fleeting and what he's inviting everyone into is a connection to it this deep pool of joy that that you know kind of like is the foundation of the universe almost it's like this cosmic 
joy that we tap into, not that we kind of hold on to ourselves. And I think that that is true because it is it is grounded and conditioned on our loving one another and following Jesus' commandments. And when we think about Jesus' commandments, they're all about being in relationship, how to be in relationship with one another, how to preserve and take responsibility for our relationships with one another, but also with all of creation and be be responsible for the systems within which we take part and all people. So that this joy that is complete is only complete when everyone is in joy in when everyone is partaking in the joy. And and that he's and he says, um, uh, I have said these things so that my joy may be in you. And so that if Jesus is like representing this cosmic Christ, this cosmic reality that undergirds all of creation, that is the structure of all creation. If if Jesus's joy is in us, then it's not our joy, but we are taking part in it. And thus we take we we take part, you know, we don't get to own it and we don't get to have it removed from relationship with other people. And we don't get to have it when other people don't. But that the completeness mm-hmm. of joy is that 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 all of creation is complete and it's tapping into that big joy uh, that is available to all of us. So I just really love that idea. And I love when Jesus is, is inviting this like greater awareness of our relationship with everyone, our interrelation, our, our interdependence with all people and with all things for th- for that completion. You know, so that's not just an individual journey of being joy, joyfully complete but that that has to happen in community. That is a communal completion. Yeah, I, I think that that invitation to relationship um, actually leads really logically to my next point, which is the fact that we don't choose to be Christians, but we are chosen. Um, and I think that that goes hand in hand with your point, David, because down here towards the end of the section, we hear, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And we all know that we have free will. Uh-huh. That is definitely uh-huh. part of the process, that there's lots of things that we choose in life. And we certainly choose the way we travel our own faith journey. But that no matter how many things that we choose, ultimately, God is always choosing us. Jesus has already chosen us. And Part of that is naming our own belovedness as children of God, as followers of Christ, and accepting the fact that we don't necessarily have to choose it because we have chosen, we have been chosen. And if we accept the fact that we have been chosen, how are we then empowered to live into that? How are we directed or appointed to live into that. And if we actually get the word appointed in the very next section of scripture where it says, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I love it. I love it because like we are appointed, directed, chosen to go and bear fruit and not seasonal wilty fruit or fruit that's not well tended, but fruit that will last, which to me says, David, going back to your point, how we are charged to care for our relationships and the people that surround us. Uh If we look at it this way, that the fruit that we are bearing is supposed to last and sustain 
um, then how are we caring for the people that are in our lives? Mm -hmm. Our relationships is part of that. If we know that we are chosen and then we are appointed, then how does that inform the way we nurture and build our relationships? Mm-hmm. What might we nurture better? Who might we connect with more? What things that grudges that we are holding on to tightly might we be invited to unclench our fists and let go of mm-hmm. um, in order to bear this fruit that lasts? Because as much as we work to connect to people, certainly the way the things that we hold on to the hurt the pain the insecurities um, those also inform the nature of our relationships with others Uh Um, we cannot be our full true chosen selves when we are holding on tightly um, to those things that have happened in our lives and that is not me naming that hurts that have happened in our lives are not valid or that we should continue in relationships that are abusive or not healthy but speaking only for myself and no one else in the world, sometimes I can hold on to things that I would be much better served if I let go of mm-hmm. um, and let go of so that that relationship can heal and move forward or let go of to make room for a new relationship that I need to live into and to allow to prosper um, within my own life. And I'm really sitting with the fact this week that in knowing that I am chosen, how am I called to act? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, and what, what could the, what could the fruit that we produce possibly be if not relationship, you know, like what could the Mm -hmm. quality of the fruit be if not the quality of our relationships to everything, to one another, to God, to ourselves, you know, it's like there, there is no other fruit. I don't think. I can't think of another yeah. thing that Jesus would be interested in, in us producing um, except our relationships to one another. Right. Well, and I think when you said that, what other fruit could Jesus be interested in our producing? All of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, we have to care for ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to work on that relationship, mm-hmm. too, because that informs our relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah. So naming the fact that we also need to nurture ourselves, that we need to rest, that we need to not work too much, um, looking at you and looking at me, Mm -hmm. all of those things um, are also important fruit that we bear, that if we want to have healthy and full fruit, it's our relationships with each other, it's our relationships with Jesus, and it's also our relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that, that goes into our third, our shared point, um about the the relationship between like between all of the all of the people that have been called or appointed or between all the people um and that that Jesus makes it very takes takes time to make it very clear uh and makes a point of the fact that these people with him are not servants to him but friends and friends is a very equalizing and mutual word. And so that word extends to us as well. And I, and I think on the whole, uh, our kind of our, our theology and our church hierarchy really even, and the way we think about our relationship to Jesus takes on the, 
the feeling of a master and servants or mm -hmm. you know a a hierarchical kind of Jesus at the top telling everybody what to do and what Jesus is really inviting here is a is a deep kind of mutuality a real lived mutuality of mission so that that we are and this you know that that has to that has to happen for them to continue to go on after he's gone right that's why this he's telling them this is like you have you are owners you have authority in this mission of the kingdom of heaven as much as i have ever had and that is true for all of us you know that we mm -hmm. can we can live into our relationship with jesus not as a master who's directing us but as a friend who's inviting us, as a friend who's walking with us, as a friend who who is recognizing our power and authority in this in ministry, in mission, you know, in 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 living out our discipleship in the world, and and that you know we have the we can make decisions, <laughs> you know, like we have the power mm -hmm. to do that. We have the authority and uh, and the ability as friends to to do a lot of things that i think sometimes we're hesitant to do or power that we're hesitant to claim or authority we're hesitant to claim because we think it's all about jesus but jesus again is constantly being like i love you you know i'm i want i did all these things but now like you you know you do something like we're yeah. all it's not about me <laughs> it's about us and that's yeah. what that's what he's saying pretty clearly here i think well, and I love it, too, because when you think about Jesus as friend, um, it changes the image of that relationship. And it ch it changes the way that we live into our mission and call. Because if you are traveling with your friend, then it is a conversation between you. It is work you are doing together. It is the back and forth and laughter that you and I share before we record the podcast each week. Like when you when you live into that relationship as a friendship, it changes the way you live into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as you were talking, David, I was flashing back to the, the hymn, um, What a Friend I Have in Jesus, um, which everybody has probably heard mm -hmm. or sung along with mm -hmm. in some part in their life. And so I looked up the lyrics while you were talking because we have, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Uh -huh. And I think that that first verse we probably all know from memory, or at least a good number of us have heard it and sung it from memory. But there's this part later on that I was, I was looking at it that I wanted to share. Um, and it says, can we, Find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that we don't have to hide anything from Jesus because Jesus is our friend, mm -hmm. our, you know, that, we, that all of those parts of us, the good parts, the bad parts, the challenging parts, that Jesus knows all of them, that he knows our every weakness, that if you accept that fact, that your whole true self is known by Jesus already, then how would you travel forward with Jesus? Mm -hmm. If you don't have to hide any part of yourself, if all of you is accepted and beloved, how do you travel mm -hmm. forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what? How, how, how are you liberated you know, to try things, mm -hmm. maybe? To, to try something impossible and just see what happens, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's our three points for today. In fact, I know it. Um, point number one, as a recap, was mine. And it was about this idea of joy being made complete and how Jesus is pointing us beyond himself to our relationships with one another, with everything, and how our joy is complete when everyone is sharing in, in that joy, that we can't have that completeness of joy on our own. Uh, number two was Charlotte's, and it was about being chosen and appointed, you know, and what it means for us to have been chosen and called and directed uh, and appointed to do the work of God in the world. And third was this idea of friendship uh, with Jesus, the mutuality of Jesus recognizing all his people with him as not just followers, but but friends, co-leaders, and that we all take on that role uh, as called and appointed ones. So having heard those uh, points in this discussion, we'd love to hear from you. You can send any uh, thoughts or questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection to faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, uh, www.myfaithtogo.org. Or you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go We will be back next week to talk about the gospel for May 16th, which is the last Sunday of Easter. And uh, until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.